0: small, don't serve no one at all, I'm gonna let it shine. Good morning everyone, Linda Santavica here on Pressing Beyond. Today we're going to hear from a very talented couple who work in the performing arts, but before we hear from them, I first want to lead in. What happens when we are living out our true purpose, doing what we love to do, and find that what took years to establish has been upended? Amanda Whitford Grundy and Eric Briley Grundy experienced just that, and thus, they had to make some hard decisions in order to stay aligned with their family values. So good morning, Amanda and Eric. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on. Okay, so I'd like our listeners to get a little backstory on you before we hear about how you press beyond some major challenges that brought you to where you are today. So- Maybe start where when you met because it is Valentine's week, so it's like a love story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. um, we met in this is always funny, we met in 1999,
2: yes, before the turn of the century. So, uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right before, um, I was actually leaving to go be in a, a European tour of 42nd Street. And we met, I think, the day before I left. A mutual friend introduced us. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the same mutual friend who introduced us to our church, Trinity Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And then I left on tour. And then we were friends for
2: three and a half years. I <laughs> mean, the short, short version is we started dating in '03. I asked her to marry me in '04, and we got married in '05. Keeping it right in order there. We, we would get together um, at various events and see each other over the years. And the New Year's in between, from O2 going into 3 that's the first time I was kind of like, ah, Amanda Whitford. <laughs> Funny story uh, in which I left two dozen tulips at her doorstep. And we hadn't started dating yet. And in the note, I wrote, I'm so glad that we're friends. And Amanda read it.
1: Yeah, and I just got really upset by that note because I was like, what, we're, we're just friends? But like, oh, wait a minute, but we're not really more than friends, but it kind of makes me mad that he thinks we're just friends. So that was when I started kind of examining my feelings that I might have more feelings for him. It
2: worked out for me in the end, so I think I did all right. We have three children.
1: Yeah, Eli, he was born in 2008. And then we had um, Ava, 13. Mm-hmm. She She'll be eight this year, and Abigail is going to turn five. They were, so they
2: were all born in New York City.
0: The entire time you've been in New York, you were living in Astoria. Correct.
1: Yeah, for a, we were in Astoria for eight, in the same house for 18 years. Yeah, I moved into a basement studio apartment as a single girl in this house that we lived in for 18 years. And then when we got married, uh, we actually were able to go on tour together with the Lay Ms. tour. And then uh, we came back and we moved in in the same house on the uh, first floor.
2: Even though we had moved out of the house, we moved right back into it uh, after we got off tour. We ended up <laughs> moving out of the first floor and then moving up to the second floor. So we've lived on every
0: floor. We've lived of on every floor in one house. That's amazing.
1: We knew all of our neighbors, we, have, uh, we had a great dog, and she used to play with all the dogs in the neighborhood. We really had a, a true neighborhood experience in a big city.
2: And part of that neighborhood also included our community at Trinity.
1: We have this incredible group of friends from Trinity. A lot of times when you have kids, you rely on your family for support. Well, none of us in this group of friends had family close by, so we, we were each other's family. We got stuck for a babysitter and and we would text hey somebody can somebody can keep my kids and somebody would show up you in know
2: our, even though you can live in a large city and uh, it, it would be easy to get lost with all of the people that live there and feel lonely um, i would just say that uh, it doesn't matter where you live as long as you establish community yes
0: uh, the neighborhood that's out. your world you have this amazing life because you're working also i mean you're both in the arts
2: I mean, and listen, it's not without its struggle. There's the the saying, the starving artist. We have lived the starving artist. We've lived the affluent artist. <laughs> you go with the ebbs and flows, uh, the industry, and when you're working and not working, and you know, you have a lot of challenges in between. You know, it seems hard when you're single. You know, you get married, and there's another dynamic, and then you have the responsibility of having children. The choices that you would make when you were single are a lot different than you would yeah. when you married and have a child uh, or several children, as an actor and um, actress, uh, you know, we've taken on various jobs throughout the years in order to um, sustain ourselves.
1: Eric is a musical theater actor, and I came to the city as a musical theater actor and performed for a while. And then I transitioned into, well, I worked backstage on a lot of Broadway shows and became a teaching artist and theater teacher. So we did a lot of that work. And Eric also does, has some philanthropic, um, endeavors that he's done as well as he writes and performs his own music.
0: True. Yes. So- well, I went and saw your incredible website. <laughs> <There> <laughs> <you're> <laughs> <there>. <laughs> com. We'll talk about that later. And this is the thing. And I totally understand because as I was living in New York, it's the same thing. You know, we get very attached to location, location, location. I know a lot of yeah. people say, you know, I'm never going to leave New York and I'm not, you know, this is where I am. And, and in your situation, you obviously, you have to be in New York because of your work. After 18 years, for all of us, the world came to a standstill. As it changed many lives, it obviously changed yours.
1: When the pandemic came and everything shut down, it, it was so interesting because everybody was kind of like, well, we'll we'll reopen schools April 20th. We'll reopen Broadway shows, you know, in the middle of April. Like no one really got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There wasn't a and,
2: complete understanding of how severe this is going to be and how severe it still is.
1: We actually realized very quickly that we could, that it was very, very difficult to contain our entire life in our apartment. Like do schooling, do work, you know, live, exercise, do everything in our apartment. Because as it was, Astoria's pool was our swimming pool. You know, Astoria Park was our playground, our yard.
2: Also the work that we did for survival work was always based on experiences for people that came into the city whether that's uh, working at a restaurant or uh, at the time when the pandemic hit, I was an, an Uber driver. We worked in areas where it was really important for there to be a crowd of people in order for us to have income. That portion of New York City, that whole New York experience was just gone overnight.
1: We realized very quickly, even though it was very hard to sort of take it in, we started to realize that it was not coming back soon. It would be absolutely the last thing to reopen. I think we started to come to grips with the fact that it wasn't sustainable to stay in New York as a family with two people who work solely in experiences and as artists.
2: And it wasn't just us. We had our three kids who need to get outside and run and play.
1: We started to realize, you know, it's not sustainable for us to to stay here as hard as that is. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so hard coming to that decision. I think it part of what was so hard about it for us is a lot of it for us was really it was sort of it, it almost felt like the death of a dream. You know, we had both moved to New York in our young 20s and ready to to be there, you know, and and to have this amazing career in the arts and we have been able to do that in many many ways but it also was just taking this dream we had and we really felt like we had to just lay it down and, and surrender it to God mm-hmm. and, okay. just, and just say, this is what we have always wanted. This is what we thought would always be best. This is what we have invested our lives in for 20 years, but it just seems like we need to surrender that.
2: And that didn't happen overnight, Linda. Oh yeah. Yeah, We <laughs> we left the city for the first time March 23rd and we went down to Amanda's, Uh, mother uh, has a farmhouse, lots of space, very, very small town, like just a single stop sign in the middle of town. (laughs) It's like, you know, a population of 300, very rural uh, North Carolina. And it enabled us to really like get out of the city and just not be near anyone. And our kids were able to just go outside and play. And so we were there for three weeks, but we had no income and we still have all of our bills to pay. Now at that point, there was no, uh, n- nothing had passed through the federal government saying that you you know, could hold off on paying your bills. And thankfully, my family in Connecticut has a, a landscaping company, which we've run for years. So I left Amanda and the kids down in North Carolina. After three weeks in North Carolina, I drove up to Connecticut and I started working the family business, which is landscaping, which is what I grew up doing uh, from a very young age. And then I would say Amanda and the kids stayed down there for another few weeks. And then they finally came up to Connecticut as well.
1: We kind of realized, well, okay, this way. Eric can work we can do virtual school from wherever we are so we'll go to Connecticut for a while we'll stay there. but all through this time you know it was it was starting to sort of further be, sink in be on my heart that mm-hmm. things were gonna have to change yes. and uh, there were a lot of sleepless nights and a, yes. a lot of prayers and a lot well, of tears.
0: <laughs> I think also too it wasn't a decision you were you were processing. you had to do something. you didn't have many options.
1: Right. Well we were grateful for the options we did have. Yes, but, uh, but I'm so
0: long term though, you knew that New York was not gonna be an option.
1: Right. For, for long term, for the next few years, I mean, we just, we knew that New York was not, was not going to work, you know, with our... Even
2: midsummer we went back to the city for about a month just to see if we can make it work. Yeah, we really struggled to um, really rip off the band-aid and this band-aid had a hard adhesive to it. It was tearing <laughs> all the hair off the arms,
0: you know? Oh, but you both were probably grieving the same
1: I think we were both in the same type of grief. Yep. I think we were kind of spurring each other on. There would be one of us who would just be like, nope, can't do it today. And the other one would be like, all right, we got to go get some boxes to start packing. We would just sort of like take turns, like right. taking steps. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. There were mornings I would wake up and just ask God, like, God, is there any other way? Is there any way that we can just stay here? Because meanwhile, we had our incredible community coming to help us pack. Neighbors, like, like you, you want us to take the dogs for a walk while you guys work? pack and stuff I mean it was just so hard you know so
2: and all while through it you know you try and maintain perspective you're like this is hard for us but how much harder have other people had it we we have felt very fortunate that one, we were able to get out of the city when we did. Yeah. Two, that I had a way to continue to still make money when so Absolutely. many people did. Absolutely. But it still did not change the fact of how difficult it was to completely shift mm-hmm. our lives when we did not do the planning to shift
0: our lives. Because it was it wasn't your decision. It was no. a lifestyle decision. You had to say, okay, I'm we can't stay here. I mean, we got three kids to feed, you know, and even if you were, you know, single people by themselves, they would rough it, you know, they say, you know what, I can, I can go for four days without eating. I'll be fine, you know, but in your situation. So one of the things, the, the positives about making the transition you made, you know, God doesn't send us anywhere to drop us off. Your purpose, you know, I mean, Amanda, you got, when you got to Connecticut, well, wait a minute, you, you also bought a house. (laughs)
1: Yep, yep. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) that happened a little later. So first we moved in with Eric's parents who, you know, were just so gracious in taking all five of us and our dog at the time in.
2: We we had our dog, Bailey. We got her in 2006. So she was the first living creature we were responsible for keeping (laughs) alive. and she was just a great uh, family dog but unfortunately in September she ended up mm. succumbing to cancer uh, but it was just one of these things where it was another blow like you it know was... every, everyone says 2020 just sucked and like this was like the <laughs> yeah. pinnacle of, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. of <laughs> losing our
2: dog and it happened really fast From the first time we Day that we had to put her down it was only three weeks
1: mm-hmm. yeah but I will say you know we were blessed to be able to be like Eric's parents took us all in
0: yes what a blessing because a lot of people didn't have that so
1: yeah so we got there and it was just we had you know Moving is hard physically, yes. let alone emotionally, right? We had done all that physical work. We had done, we had, it was emotionally exhausting, physically exhausting. We got gotten to Connecticut. We
2: put all of our stuff in storage. Be completely transparent. You know, we, we've struggled with our finances over the years, especially with having income and then not having income. And so... We weren't really, you know, we've been working over the past five years to restore our credit um, score and and that type of thing. But when we went to go or get pre-approved for a mortgage, we weren't even sure if we would get pre-approved. And somehow we did. We started looking at homes with that in mind. We had started putting an offer on one house, and then we decided to look at a few other houses and we came across uh, the house that we're currently living in. Our realtor, he spoke with the guy who had put the house on the market, who just so happened to come by that day that we, that at the exact time we were looking at it, to take a photo and uh, had a discussion with our realtor. And, and it was the very first day that this house was on the market. Uh, we fell in love with this house immediately. And our realtor said, if you want this house, you know, we need to get out of the other one, which we still had time to do, uh, and then put an offer on this house uh, right away that day. And so our realtor did his magic. Uh, we, We didn't know if they were going to accept our offer. The people who previously lived in this house, they accepted our offer. We feel very fortunate.
0: You know, the one thing
2: that we've always done, Linda, with wherever we've lived, we've opened our home for our community and Mm -hmm. for our friends to come by and always have big gatherings. And so that's another thing that was lost in moving to New York. And even though we're here now and we have this much larger house and we have a lot of space, we still can't do that.
0: Yeah, but you will. God's got plans for that. I believe that because that's what happened when I got here. We have a house with a lot of space and now we have a lot of ministry here. But the thing about making a transition like the one you did, it's it's emotionally traumatizing, especially when you're like kicking your feet and you don't want to go. But look at all the things that that have happened since you've been there. You got a home, Eric's working, and Amanda, you also-
1: Yeah. So we literally like, we moved in here. I mean, we moved in with Eric's parents and that, that day we were just like mentally, we were emotionally exhausted. We were physically exhausted. I said to God, God, if we are even sort of on the right track, could you please just let me know somehow? I had applied for a couple of jobs in the area. I was like, it doesn't even have to be a job. It could just be somebody calling saying, Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) But I did, that day, like an hour later of me asking God for that, an hour later, I got a phone call and it was an interview for the job that I have right now just set an appointment for that interview and and then I had that interview three days later I'm not kidding you like two hours after the interview they called me to offer me the job which I couldn't believe and it was a, a job as a theater and dance teacher which is exactly what I do it was really just I felt like it was God just like really showing showing off you know like I have this for you yeah um, so I've been able to work at this great charter school um, and it happens to be a middle school school.
0: And so our son Eli is able to go to school there. Okay. So here we go. I mean, the the lifestyle you had in New York, I mean, yes, New York is, you know, it's a great city. It's a city that never sleeps. It's also high taxes and a lot of traffic. And here, you know, you leave this great city, but you were, you were struggling. God's got you and he's showing you a new land. He's already providing in significant ways. The other thing
2: I, I, you know, I would like to point out is God's provision comes through people. I mean, like, God could do and can do miraculous miracles, which out of nowhere, something happens to you. But what we've noticed more often than not, it's God providing through people. We did get this great house and and looking into mortgages and how they work. And, you know, for us, we were on a learning curve with all of that because we had only ever rented and through generous people helping us, we were able to have The down payment for the house. You know, it's not like we had this great sum of money saved up to do this. So for us going into it, we were like, we don't know how this is going to work. You know, Amanda getting the job was a point on which we said, this makes it easier to move up here. But ultimately, you know, there were still so many questions like, how is it going to work? Where are we going to live? You know, what town do we want to move to? Again, just to reiterate, it really was through people that we were able to make this happen. A lot of times it required us to swallow our pride and ask for help and be humble in doing so. And that's difficult.
0: But you're obviously in a place now where you can catch up. You couldn't do that in New York, especially now. I mean, who knows when the city's going to rebound. But I think what makes your story so incredible is it really hasn't been a year. Look What happened in the last year? I know. It's unbelievable. Your story, you know, I was seriously, when I was reading your post on social media, I said, oh my gosh. This is like a movie, first of all, it's like you got the love story, you got the music, you got the pandemic, which is the big monster. I mean, you have, and, and the victory. The only thing that's missing is this scene of the crime. And, and I mean, hey, anybody, <laughs> out there, anybody out there who's a screen writer, here's your chance. But seriously, I mean, you have, you know from one end to the other, what, what has happened. I mean, let's face it. When the lockdown happened initially in March, everybody stayed put because we didn't know what was going to happen. And by summer, you were down in North Carolina. Then you were back up in Connecticut. I'm fascinated by what you two have gone through within the last year.
1: Well, yeah. And we just, we feel so blessed. We know that there are so many, um, artists and, and folks mm-hmm. like us who are in the city who have gone through similar things mm-hmm. and have had to leave the city for the, the industry just being shut mm-hmm. down. And, you know, sort of the blessing that I have been able to take from this and God can move through any situation. Absolutely, And just to step out in, in faith you know, I always think think there was this great book I read years ago that said, faith is not a feeling. You know, that was not fun necessarily.
0: No, it, it's not. I think that's why a lot of people stay in their comfort zones. It's right. like, because nobody, we have no idea what's in front of us. And it's like, but there are people who stay in their comfort zones and they're not living out their purpose. Right. There's people in jobs they hate, but they got a salary and they figured that's you know, I, I sit in my cube, I'm fine. Nobody bothers me. Yes, you were you were in the art, and you're still close to New York. So when when you know when Broadway comes back open and the curtain goes up, you'll have auditions. You can always get into the city. But I think what's what's going on with you is extraordinary.
2: Well, the one thing that's that's pretty fantastic, uh, and that this past year has kind of moved forward at a rapid pace is the understanding that you don't need to be in the city anymore to audition. That isn't the case anymore, and I've had. So many self-tape auditions and Zoom auditions since I've been up here in Connecticut. And I was fortunate enough to actually book a job where I did a new two-person musical. Uh, It's called Elliot and Me. And actually, this coming weekend, it's being shown again through a a theater out in Ohio, Chagrin Valley Little Theater. It's cvlt.org. Order your tickets and mm-hmm. watch it on, safely online in the comfort of your own home.
0: So Eric, you have a wonderful website.
2: Yeah, Eric Brierly.
0: And I went on there and I love, you have a lot of YouTube clips up there and <laughs> your music and uh, what a voice.
2: If you go to my website, ericbriarly.com, you also see, hear a number of my songs and a couple of them are uh, Never Give Up and Find My Way Home.
0: Well, listen, Amanda and Eric, I am so grateful that you were on today. I know our listeners are going to really get a lot out of this because it's very encouraging. There is life outside of New York. I know because you two are hardworking and and your priorities in the right place. It's about your children, family. And because of that, everything else will fall into place. Amen to that. Jump off the train, station 42, big dreams calling.